All right. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. Hey, it's a blessing and honor to be with each and every one of you. And I sure uh, appreciate uh, the prayers uh, that Winnie and I have been receiving, especially my wife. Uh, she has been uh, an inspiration to me, standing stronger faith in the Lord uh, through this time. The Lord has chosen to, to bring her through. God is faithful. Amen. Uh, hey, it's always my honor, and I want to welcome those of you joining us online. Thank you for inviting us in your home or listening in your car as you're driving. And uh, it's always an honor to be able to bring the, the truth of God's word to you. Uh, we're continuing, uh, as Pastor said, our, our journey through Romans 12, we're talking about the ministry gifts. We call these the functional gifts. And, and there's a couple of truths that Pastor Randy brought out in his first message. And that truth is, one is that it is your job to build Jesus' church. Right, and, and when I say your, I included myself in that. Right, O U R is in the word your. It is our it is our job, all of us combined, to build uh, Christ's church, and and it also it's going to take each and every one of us uh, to make sure that we're doing it properly in order for Christ's church to grow, and that means that we're going to have to be accountable um, to make sure that we are allowing God to use us and specifically use us in the gifts that He's given us, and. Uh, you know, and some of us, you know, we, we shy away from that. And some of us, we try, to, we try to work in maybe gifts that we want to have and not the gifts that God has actually given us. And I was uh, reading a story about a pastor who was called to preach, right? But he also loved the idea of being a barber. I remember doing some family history. My great-great-grandfather, he was a, a minor league baseball player, and he actually did some exhibition games when the Cincinnati Reds, this was like around 1906, and he actually pitched uh, like a, a two games, exhibition games, and actually beat them both times like two to one and one to one to zero. And he was an underhand fast pitcher back then. Back then. It was kind of a, a cool thing, right? But he was also a barber for his regular job. Well, this pastor, he wanted to be a barber as well, and so he would cut his own son's hair. And one day he cut his son's hair, and he just literally butchered it. It was so awful that this this child was ashamed to, to be seen by anybody anywhere. This hat, hat over his head, it wouldn't be seen anywhere. And so the son actually went to a real barber and uh, got it fixed. And it was kind of presentable. I mean, the barber did the best he could to make it presentable. And, and the son, uh, that night when he, the father came in to pray with him, the son <laughs> closed his prayer really loud with this ending. And dear Lord, please help every man stick to his own trade. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, we we sometimes want to, you know, we, we want to do things that, you know, maybe we're not blessed at. But I believe that um, God has granted each and every one of us a gift. And in 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 10, Peter says this, each of us, each has received a gift, and we are to use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Each of us have received a gift. And and so this series is really to challenge you, it's to challenge me, that we pray, prayfully consider the gift or gifts that, that God has given us, right? And so that we can be a good steward of the gift. And as a result of being a good steward of the gift that God has given us, we're, that we're, we are showing that we're understanding and we're living uh, in the grace that God has provided. We are, we're showing that we understand that God has provided His grace, an undeserved grace to us. And by, by living out uh, our lives uh, and, and using the gifts that he's given us. And, you know, in fact, Peter goes on to say uh, in, 
verses 10 and 11, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks orals, oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want you to think about this. See, when you and I speak God's truth about Jesus Christ, God is glorified. When we serve God with all of our strength that God supplies, God is glorified. So if Pastor Randy or myself or Chris or whoever is speaking through the series, if we can't convince you, right, that you need to, to be working in the gift that God has given you, then I pray that you take the words of the Apostle Peter who, who walked with Christ, who served with Christ, who actually died for Christ. Take these words of his to heart and, and let it permeate your soul that God is glorified through Jesus Christ when we use our gifts. All right, let's pray right now. God, I want you to receive glory through my life. Not just when I worship you, Lord, not, I want you to receive glory, not just when I open up your word and read it daily. Lord, I want you to, to receive glory, but not only when I just forsake sin and temptation in life, but God, I want you to receive glory because I am using the gifts that you've given me. And so, Lord, forgive me. Lord, for those times that I've hidden my gift or I've ignored the gift you've given me, Lord, I ask that you forgive us, Lord, if we're running from the gift, Lord, or we're denying that you've given us a gift, Lord. I just pray, God, that you help each and every one of us desire to be used in the gift that you've given us. God, that we desire to serve your church and your mission while here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, so today we're going to talk about the, the Holy Spirit-empowered gift of teaching. And, uh, you know, we're in a, basically this is where one is able to, uh, not in their own ability, right? Now, there, there's a little bit of, of ability in here, but there's a, a supernatural uh, aspect to this that uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're able to p pass on divine truth of God's Word in a way that other able, others are able to comprehend it and apply it to their lives, okay? So this is teaching that goes a, it's just a little bit above and beyond, right? It's that supernatural empowered teaching that just, man, just really compels those to follow God's truth and how to apply it to their lives. And, and most of us, I think here, all of us probably, can tell stories in our lives about people who have taught us valuable lessons, right? We've all had great teachers in our lives and not so great teachers in our lives. You know, and all, and all of these lessons that we have are probably um, ha, have, you know, should have been taught or maybe they shouldn't have been taught, but we learned something from them. Um, and so the idea, so this is an important gift, I think. Um, if this is an important gift that we really need to, to embrace because it actually permeates all of our lives. And I actually believe, yes, I'm going to be talking about the spiritual gift of teaching, but the teaching itself is something that permeates all of our lives, and all of us are actually called to be teachers. Some of us may not be given 
the supernatural gifts of teaching, but all of us are going to be, all of us are actually called to be teachers, and I'll talk about that a little, a little later in the message. But let's go, let's go to our main passage of Scripture. This is Romans 12. I'm going to read all of verses 3 through 8, and here's what it says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned, for as in one body we have many members, and, in, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who acts with mercy with cheerfulness. So these are all what we call the, the functional gifts, prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, or we, we can call that uh, encouragement, generosity, or giving, leadership, or mercy. So today we're going to talk about teaching, and I'm just going to give you a real simple definition of the gift of teaching. This comes from uh, Bruce Bigby, I believe. It says, teaching is basically, the spiritual gift of teaching is uh, the God-given ability to communicate spiritual truths to others. Kind of simple, right? And so the, uh, but I want to emphasize the big idea that we've been em emphasizing through all this series is that you are made to matter and your spiritual gift is important. I want to come back to that. You and I are made to matter and our spiritual gifts are important. And, and so let's just go right into this. Why are spiritually gifted teachers needed today? Why, why do we need spiritually gifted teachers? Well, my first point is, um, that teachers give instruction on God's truth, and that's the Bible, right? We need spiritually gifted teachers to give instruction on God's truth. In fact, if you go to Ephesians 4, uh, verses 11 and 12, I'll just talk about verses 12, but we're talking about equipping the, this, the church, equipping believers, right, uh, to build God's church. It's teachers is one of those. There's pastors, there's evangelists, there's teachers. And they are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ, right? So teachers are there to equip the saints for the ministry. If we jump over to the next 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul is writing to Timothy, who actually Paul is, passes his torch of ministry off to the young Timothy. And here's what he says to Timothy. He says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker has, who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So he's basically saying that, hey, you are going to, you're a teacher who is going to instruct people in God's uh, word, the truth of God's word, and you need to rightly handle this. And, and the Greek word of, of rightly handle me is orthos, right? And it means straight. And here's basically what he's saying is that, if you're going to be a teacher, you've got to get it straight, right? You've got to understand it, and you've got to say it straight, right? You've got to give it to people straight. And, and so why is this important? Why is, it important? why is it important that, you know, teachers give instruction in God's truth? Well, here's the bottom line. We don't want to deviate from God's truth because our truth, the truth that you and I come up with, it's not always reliable, right? What's true for me today may not be true tomorrow because some new fad comes out. In fact, Jesus says in Mark chapter 13, verse 31, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. 
I want you to think about that for a second. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's found in Mark 13, 31. That's not one of your verses, but see, here's the truth. Jesus' words are not temporary. Jesus' words are not just a fad. Jesus' words are true, right? It's not confined to a time. It's not confined to a place. It's not confined to a culture. See, but my truth is, it's only relevant to me at this moment, right? It can waver. See, we tend to, um, we tend to put our trust and faith and truth sometimes into worldly things, and all of those things are just going to pass away. They're just going to fade away, right? They're going to change from, you know, every four years we have, you know, a new, new presence generally, right? And then just all of a sudden we, everybody has a, there's new laws that come out, new policies that come out. And now there's new truths and new chaos and craziness in the world, right? The, all this stuff's going to just pass away. But guess what's not going to pass away? Jesus' truth, God's word. And so we don't want to deviate from that. And so spiritually gifted teachers are committed to sharing the truth of God's word. And we know that the truth of God's word has the ability to change people's lives. And so that's why a spiritually gifted teacher is committed to it. You see, truth removes what hinders us from receiving God's love. You see, you and I out there, we are separated from God when we don't have a relationship with Him, right? And a lot of times we're, we're seeking uh, for what's missing in our lives. And we need to hear the truth. We need to hear the truth that God loves us. But there's things in our lives that hinder us. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And God's word exposes us to the sin in our life that has separated us from God. And that's the truth. And then when that truth is revealed to us, then we can actually see the love of God. And, and I know that the world hates having sin revealed to them. But I want you to think about this. How many of you would hate the rattlesnake that is about to attack your son or daughter? That's how God feels, right? That, that sin is separating you and I. And so that's why God wants us to speak the truth. And so a, spirit, so a, a spiritually gifted teacher is committed to, to giving instruction in God's truth. Here's the second thing. Spiritually gifted teachers provide some clarity and difficult, unclear biblical patches. And again, we're trying, we're trying to connect. Maybe you're out there, and this is something that you really connect to. And, and we're trying to see maybe that you recognize, you know, these, these are things that, that actually connect with me. And, and maybe God is revealing to me that, that maybe, maybe God wants to use me in this area. Teacher, spiritually gifted teachers provide some clarity and difficult and unclear passages. We have to admit, there's a lot of scriptures out there that are confusing, right? Like you, you go to the Old Testament and you, and you read a lot of that stuff, like why in the world did God allow some of this stuff? Why did God allow, you know, some of the Old Testament famous biblical characters have multiple wives? And why were there all these strange dietary rules and people ask questions? And why did God, you know, do some of these judgment things that we, we think is humane? And, and why in the New Testament is there these scriptures about a woman that's supposed to be silent in the church, and right? And, and then there's other things, you know, that are just confusing for the average person. And then 
the God, Holy Spirit, you know, through the Holy Spirit, it gives these teachers uh, an understanding and they're able to clarify it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When there's, there's not, every, not everything in the Bible has become clear to everybody. And when there's disagreement, a, a truly honest uh, believer is going to say, hey, there's not agreement on these situations. Right? And, and I'm not going to say there's somebody out there that has, that has a complete understanding of the Bible. I've always said that the book of Revelation is the, the hardest book of the Bible to try to understand. And if there's anybody that ever says, I've got the book of Revelation figured out, run as far as you can from this person. Because, because I don't think any of us can actually say that they know how to interpret Revelation exactly, right, as it is. It's, it's yet to be revealed to everybody. But I'll give you a great example. You know, not everybody believes that Jesus was God in the flesh. Not everybody believes that. And there's people that struggle with this. They're, they struggle with the idea that God would abandon heaven for a time and come down to earth and become this earthly human and then live this sinless life and then die on the cross. Right? And, and they struggle with the concept. And so they, they, they come up with this false teaching. This actually started in the first century, and, and there's even a denomination that actually changes the, the way the Scripture is written because they, they have a hard time acknowledging that Jesus could be God. I personally don't feel this is unclear, but some struggle with it. And, and I believe that, that when you study God's Word, and if you're a, if you, if you're a person that you, you look at these kind of passages and you feel compelled to dig deeper and to study Right, and to try to understand these difficult passages, and maybe you, God is telling you that you might have this gift of teaching, and I believe that we, you allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. I'm going to give you an example. Here's a great example of if you've ever struggled or ever meet somebody that struggles with the idea that Jesus is God, just go to John chapter one, and Scripture interprets Scripture. Here's an example. John one one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." Well, who is this Word? Right. Well, go down to verse 14. The author of the Gospel of John says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is only the Son, glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, right? You just dig a little deeper and you can figure out who is this Word that was God and is God. And it's this Word is this person that became flesh and that we actually physically touched and we hang out with. It must be, oh, that's Jesus Christ. Right? The scripture's clear who Jesus really was. So sometimes uh, scripture is fuzzy, and spiritually gifted teachers, they try to dig deep. They try to go that extra mile to find out what the Bible is really saying. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, sometimes that is revealed. So why is this important? It's because, because we're not all the same. Right? And some of us, maybe you just read that passage of Scripture and you think, oh, that's great. And others are like, you know what? I got to go deeper. I, I got to understand why this is important. And, and what is it that the Lord is trying to say? Right? There's some of us in here, I bet you, you could take a car part completely and put it back together and have no parts left over. Right? Is there anybody here who thinks they could do that? <laughs> I read a sign that said, I'm skilled enough to take it apart, patient enough to put it back together, smart enough to hide the extra parts when I'm done. See, that's me. 
We're all different, right? Well, there's some of us in here that are passionate about studying God's word. We're, we're, we're passionate about understanding the context. We're passionate about looking at the original language and digging deeper for understanding. And with the Holy Spirit, we're able to bring to light the truth of God's word, even the most difficult passages that can shed light to others whom are asking. And so maybe if that's you, maybe the Lord is telling you today that maybe you need to be asking yourself, Lord, maybe this is an area that you're calling me to, uh, to be teaching in, in the ministry in the church. The third thing that I want to point out to you, that why are spiritually gifted teachers needed in the church, is that teachers preserve the truth. They don't compromise the message of God. I'm going to read to you 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4. It says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You see, we have this truth in our hearts, God's word. And we cannot waver from it. We cannot compromise it. We, right? And there's people out there that don't want to listen to the truth of this word because it doesn't match with what they're feeling at the time or it doesn't match with what the culture is saying or they want to go in a different direction. And a spiritually gifted teacher is never going to waver from the truth of God's word James, Jesus' brother, warns about this in James 3.1. He warns those of us that want to be teachers that not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. See, those of us who want to teach the truth I've got to be careful. Now, why would I tell you this? Here I'm giving a message about, I'm trying to encourage you to, to, you know, if the Lord is revealing to you that you might have the gift of teaching, and now I'm giving you this warning, you're to speak the truth, or you, should, or you shouldn't desire to become a teacher because uh, you're going to be judged with greater strictness. Why? Because I'm not going to compromise the message of God's word. I'm going to I'm going to do exactly what I just said. My third point was right. I'm not going to compromise it. See, we are to speak the truth, not personal opinions. Right? What teachers say affects many lives. Right? Teachers are expected to love the truth and to live the truth. Titus one nine says that when Paul is writing to Titus, he's talking about uh, leaders in the church, that he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. You see, a spiritually gifted teacher carries a big burden. And I'm telling you this because I have to tell you the truth, right? But I do know the joy. I know the joy in someone's life that is changed by the living truth of God's word. 
I know the joy of somebody hearing the gospel message of Jesus Christ and their lives being changed. I know the joy of somebody just picking up a Bible in a hotel room and just start reading it, and they're, they're at the, they think they're at the bottom, they're in the pit, and they just open it up and they start reading God's Word, and all of a sudden they fall on their knees and they give their life to Christ, and all of a sudden their whole life is changed. There is power in the truth, and we cannot ever deviate from it. So the spiritual gift of teaching is the God-given ability to communicate spiritual truth to others. And some of us have this divine gift. And, you know, in the church, this gift can take many forms, right? It can take the form in, in personal, situ individual situations, one-on-one -on -one conversations that you have with others. It can be used in small groups, right? It could be when you're teaching from the 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 this podium here, right? You could be teaching in a large group. You may be teaching the children in the children's ministry, or you may be teaching to the teens and yeah, you know, on a Wednesday night. You could be teaching any age group. But most of the time it is through speaking. But I've seen the gift of teaching being brought out through plays and, and writing and music and art and drama. There's all kinds of ways that gift of teaching can be brought out. It doesn't just have to be somebody up here speaking to a large crowd. So I challenge you to be asking yourself, Lord, I, do I, have, a, I have a passion about the things that Pastor Steve has been talking about. And I want you to prayerfully consider, um, do you have this gift today? Okay, now I want to talk about everybody else, all of us, every one of us. All believers have a certain amount of responsibility in teaching others, both Christians and non-Christians. You see, parents and grandparents, we are, to treat, we are to teach the truth of God's Word to our children and our grandchildren because God's Word can shape whom they become. God's Word can influence how they live their lives. See, this is a pattern of command from God's Word. Deuteronomy 6, 6, 67 says, And these words I command you today that, you, that shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligent to your children. That's a command that you and I have, that we are to teach them to our children. How about this one? Proverbs 1.8 says that children are not to forsake, forsake their fathers and their mothers teaching some mothers and fathers we are to be teaching our children right uh <laughs> you may not be like called an older woman but titus verses two through four says that older women are to are to to be godly in their behavior and teach what is good so that they might encourage the young women in their church right we're all we're all to teach here's one the apostle peter says that all of us are to be prepared to give an answer to someone who asks us, why do we believe what we believe? In 1 Peter 3.15, he says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as, as holy always, being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. See, we've got to be prepared to give someone and ask for why Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and there is no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. That's teaching the gospel, the truth of God's word. That is not compromising by saying there is no other way to heaven. Jesus Christ only. 
That's a call on all of us. How about this? The greatest commandment. Well, the third greatest commandment, I guess. Love your God all, with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor yourself. And then the third commandment, where Jesus says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. Teaching is, one, is part of the great commission that we're all called to do. Yes, teaching is something that we're all called to do. I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team up. Whether you have the gift of teaching or the spiritual gift of teaching, I want to encourage all of us that we all need to be prepared to teach, to share uh, the truth of God's Word, to never compromise the truth of God's Word, to study God's Word. Because some, someday somebody might ask you, you know, there's some weird things in Scripture, and this is the roadblock that they've had all their lives from receiving Christ, and maybe you just need to do a little more research so you could have an answer, and maybe that will be the, the hurdle in their life from them receiving Jesus Christ. I don't know. But there are some simple things I'm just going to give you real quick. These are in your notes. That, some things that you can do to prepare yourself to become a teacher. And this applies to whether you feel like you have the spiritual gift of teaching or whether just teaching in general. Number one, is you have to commit yourself wholly to the instruction of the ultimate teacher, and that is Jesus. You've got to commit yourself to Jesus Christ first. And you do that by reading his word, reading it, observing it, responding to it. We do that. We talk about roaring all the time. But it goes beyond just that. You actually have to believe it. You have to believe his word. You have to believe his word so much that you live it. You follow it. That's the third thing. You read it. You believe it. You follow it. And then you start teaching others now. You got to get out and start teaching God's word. There is, there is no substitute we're living out God's word in our life. There really isn't. That's the ultimate example that you and I, when we live the truth of God's word in our life. But I also want to challenge you that we need to be committed to verbally teaching biblical truths whenever we're given an opportunity. Because Jesus says, my words will never pass away. My words will never pass away. So whatever fad our culture is going through, that's going to pass. But Christ's words will never pass away. So I'm going to challenge you with two questions and we're going to sing a song here. Are you allowing God to use you with the gifts he has given you? And the second one is, do you need God to reveal the gifts that he has given you? So let's go to prayer right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
given us a spiritual gift at salvation. That's not if I have a spiritual gift, it is I have a spiritual gift. And then Lord, you believe in us so much that you were emphatic that we use that spiritual gift for your kingdom and for your glory, just to love people in your local church. Father, I pray for each person today. And as they are 
on a journey of discovery, discovering their spiritual gifts. Lord, that you would show them very clearly, uh, Lord, how important they are to you and to your kingdom, to this local church. And now, Father, I pray for those who, who may think they have the spiritual gift of teaching. Lord, I pray that you remind them it doesn't matter whether they've had an opportunity to teach or not. Um, you've still gifted them. And as they step out in faith to pursue that gifting, you will open doors in their life because you believe in them and you've called them and you want to walk with them in ministry. I thank you, Lord, for equipping the body of Christ to do the work of ministry. I thank you for giving us gifts, Lord God, that reflect your glory in the church. We'll love you today. In Jesus' holy name, that everybody said, amen, amen. All right. Hey, we are going to dismiss just a, a couple minutes. I want to remind you, um, uh, don't forget to give your uh, to continue to worship Jesus through your giving today. Drop it off on the way out or, or hit us up online. Either way, just continue to worship Jesus in your giving. Also, and with your connection cards, let us know what Jesus is doing in your life, right? Let us know if he's spoken to you today through the message, if he's encouraged you through the message, if he's, if he's talking to you about something. And if you have a prayer request, let us know what that is too. We take these prayer requests and we pray for them for the next 30 days. Why? Because we love you and we believe in you and we believe that God does miracles in this house and in your life. If you're watching online, we encourage you too to fill out your connection card. You can find that at cpyakima.church. We want to pray for you. We want to go on this journey we call the Christian life as well. And if you're here today, you've recommitted your life to Jesus. You feel God's Spirit calling you back. Let us know. Mark that on your connection card. We want to give you the right tools to help you grow in your faith as well. We'll send you a Bible. We'll send you a, a short Bible study. It doesn't matter where you're at. We're going to get into your hands so that you can grow in your faith. Last thing, we want to encourage you. If you have not yet taken the spiritual gifts test, do so. It is, uh, if you pick up your notes, you can see right here on the very top of the notes in blue, tells you right where to go and directions on how to get to that spiritual gifts test. Simply go to cpyakima.church, click on the Get Involved tab, then click on the spiritual gifts test and take that test. Man, we want to we wanna help you find your place of ministry in the church as God has gifted you because that's where you find, you find your sense of fullness and completeness in Christ. Amen? All right, let's stand to your feet. We're going to dismiss this morning by, by reading uh, the Word of God, reading from Jude 25. Once again, we're going to read this loud. We're going to read it proud. And we're just going to worship Jesus as we say this scripture. It says, To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Be blessed, church. Have a great week. Sweet.